0: is the rotoscopers podcast episode 14 brave review part two with spoilers
1: today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with over 100,000 downloadable titles to choose from for the listeners of the rotoscopers podcast audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial the great thing about Audible is that you get to keep the books. They're yours forever. You don't have to give them back. It's not like when the 30 days is up, your book suddenly disappears. It's yours. You get to keep it. It's incredible. I love it. And I know you will too. So for a free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com backslash the
2: Welcome to the Rotoscopers Podcast, a podcast for animation addicts, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. And I'm your host, Mason Smith. Super excited about this Brave Review episode. And I'm here with my two lovely co hosts, Morgan Stradling. Hello. And Chelsea Robson.
0: Howdy, how.
1: All right, so this is our part two of our Brave Review. So Chelsea and I, we've had time to sit back and mull over what we had seen about two weeks ago and Mason got to see the movie last night and this is before it even comes out, so he's part of the exclusive Advanced Screening Club.
2: <laughs> well, I'm only part of the Advanced Screening Club because you helped me get the tickets. Yes,
1: yeah, so I was like, I am gonna do everything I can. So I like looked up all the screenings in, in Texas in Austin and I'm like, all right, so I signed up for all these things and then I by chance i mean i randomly got him and i emailed him to mason and he got in
2: it's actually kind of funny because the uh, theater that i got the tickets for is like the most ghetto theater in austin <laughs> galaxy highland and so i felt we felt kind of weird we, like we felt kind of like endangered being there but we got in we saw the movie we got out it was fine Okay. We were just kind of in the ghetto, but you didn't know, so thank you. But thank you so much for the tickets, like, seriously.
1: Oh, you're welcome. That's I, felt, so-
2: I felt so, like, out of the loop with when the first ep- when the review part one episode came out. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't listen to it, I hope you know. Not out of spite or anything, but because I, when I wanted to see it, I didn't want to, like, know anything about the film.
0: I, I think it was out of spite. <laughs> yeah, I really do. He's <laughs> been holding me well, against this the whole time.
2: Maybe, like, 10% spite. <laughs> okay. But it's all good, because I got into an advanced screening, so we're fine.
1: So, how was your experience at, like, an advanced screening? Have you ever been to one before?
2: No. uh, The closest I've been to that was seeing a midnight showing Mm -hmm. for one film, and then I was probably the first person in my town to see another film, but...
1: Oh. Yeah, advanced screenings are sort of interesting because you think, oh, yeah, I have these passes, I can just walk in, but they hand out more tickets than there are seats available because they want to assure that the seats are going to be filled, so... You have to get there at least two hours early to claim your spot. And even oh, then did, yeah. even then, like at least in Arizona, they still have like the, the best pre like prime seats. Like the top row is all reserved for VIP and press. And so even though you're there two hours early, you're still fighting for a seat at the bottom.
2: Yeah, they did that, too. We were up real high on this one, and, then yeah, they did have a, a place roped off for press and for, like, whoever, you know. But, yeah, it is a scary thought that they overbooked these things. So, FYI, in the future, folks, if you ever get into one of these advanced screenings, show up, like, seriously, two hours early. Bring lawn chairs, because they made us sit outside in, like, the Texas summer heat yesterday. Ooh. I lost, like, five pounds, which is a good thing. <laughs>
1: but, oh, you know. okay. <laughs> this was a pretty good week for us as, like, a rotoscoper's group i guess yeah entity because we got a lot more facebook fans and twitter followers and i don't know who'd have thought people would listen to this it's, it's kind very of exciting <laughs> so there's actually like a lot of like people who follow us who are animators and they're in the industry and it kind of makes me nervous i'm like oh no they they're judging us, <laughs> <Don't judge> us. <laughs> not mason they never judge mason but I, i'm sure they think we're just a total bunch of like noob fangirls who don't really know what <laughs> no. we're talking about <laughs> not you mason of course of course
2: Definitely not a fangirl.
0: (laughs) He doesn't show any signs of fanboyish either. He's just very smooth and ah, that's why we have him here. He balances us out.
2: You know, if this was a Star Wars podcast, I'd I'd be a fangirl. Definitely.
1: (laughs) Okay, moving on into the news. We have lots of news stories this week. This has been a really, really busy week in animation. So, our first bit of news, the Wreck-It Ralph trailer was released. Yay! Yeah. (laughs) Chelsea and I have seen the movie, so... But I was still really pumped on seeing the trailer. Like, it made me even more pumped to see the final product. So, that was pretty exciting, because you'd think I'd be like, meh, seen it. (laughs) No, (laughs) I
2: So did, you see, did you see? Did you see parts of the trailer that were just not fully animated in the test screening that were fully animated in the trailer?
0: No,
1: yeah. I, everything in the trailer was the fully ad, already fully animated when we saw it. it at least I oh, think cool. so. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't remember any other. I mean, I think there were some parts with Vanellope that were more polished, but as far as anything else like new, that they mostly had all all those clips done, mm-hmm. and I think most of them were done at CinemaCon that they showed. Yeah. So what were your thoughts, Mason? This is your
1: first, first
2: look. First of all, I hate you both for getting into all <laughs> these advanced screenings. Uh, second of all, how about it, man? I'm excited. This is really cool. Like, okay, this is going to speak. This is going to reach out to so many gamer kids who may or may not have wanted to see Tangled before. But now (laughs) Disney's coming out with something that's so supercharged and so full of video game cameos. I think it's going to be a huge hit. Dude, Sergeant Calhoun. Hello. Anyway, (laughs) I love how I love how this film seems different from normal Disney films. Like, I guess I don't want to be like the guy who's like normal Disney or typical Disney. But they went from Tangled to this, you know, it's just so different, you Uh know. But I I trust it will still have that same Disney heart, you know, and substance that we love so much. So, yeah, I'm super excited for this.
1: Yeah, this feels, having seen it, it feels a lot different than your traditional disney movie like Mm -hmm. it feels disney but not really it's so different from anything they've ever done before that was kind of cool yeah so it's really funny because i was like nervous because of course chelsea and i saw the movie we really liked it and we had you know generally positive review and i'm like well what if we just liked it just because we like anything disney comes out with and what if when the actual trailer comes out and the movie comes out people are going to hate it well from what i've seen online people are loving this and they think it's the coolest thing ever and especially gamers like i've looked on the YouTube comments and all these gamers are like, Oh, did you see that guy in here? This cameo, this. He's like, And then there's the classic, Just take my money. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the general impression I'm getting from gamers. Yeah. So that's very good for Disney because the test screening we went to was for animation fans and gamers predominantly. So I think gamers are liking it,
0: that's good for them. Very much. So yeah, if you have any more questions about Wreck-It Ralph, you can check out the trailer. And then also you can listen to episode 10 on the Rotoscopers. Yes, you can hear them way more in depth. My only problem I had with this was the song choice that they had for the trailer.
1: It was just like a song that's come out within the past year.
2: Sometimes I get a good feeling. That
1: song. (laughs) So, I mean, I feel like they could have made it a bit more of a reminiscent song of the 80s. Maybe. You know, that's something that this era, you know, maybe get a good old 80s song, but they they didn't. And whatever, that's not a big deal. Now, if they're not going to go with the 80s vibe, I think they should have gone with Lady Gaga's Bad Kids. (laughs) So on her new album, there's a song called Bad Kids. And essentially, I mean, it works perfect with the premise because it's about these kids who are labeled as bad kids. But really, they have like pure hearts and good intentions. Maybe I'll, I'll play a little clip right now. It's perfect, but anyways, I'm not a
0: part of Disney marketing, so it's <laughs> not going to work
2: <laughs> yet.
0: Yet, this is true. And also, the first look at Mr. Peabody and Sherman come, came out. We got a poster for that, and it's it'll be coming out in a few. In it comes out November eighth, two thousand
1: thirteen.
2: Yeah. Wow, they've already got like the release date down and everything. Is that like typical?
1: Yeah, it's pretty. I mean. It's like a year and a half out, so they usually have that narrowed down, so that way they know which comp- which they're going against, like what other films. Mm. Because, but yeah, it's just so they they, they establish their spot. They're like kind of like claiming their territory, so that way another animated film doesn't try and release that yeah. day or whatever. So it's pretty typical to have like a general lease date set to you know kind of mark their territory. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. But I really liked the poster for it. Like they have they have a really good character design that's really kind of appealing know it makes me a little bit excited to see it yeah so dreamworks i mean they have no shame
1: in adapting material it seems like a lot of the stuff they do comes from children's books you know like shrek how to train your dragon this comes from the classic rocky and bullwinkle cartoons and and i don't know i really like it it's it, i mean dreamworks they are just like pounding out movies they two or three a year yeah but um yeah. this is our first look at the rendered final rendered characters and i'm liking it so it's just kind of funny because they're like the complete antithesis of pixar pixar's all about original stories and they're never going to use adapted material but dreamworks eh, they're okay with it and that's okay that's the same thing in movies traditional movies there's the academy award for adapted screenplay and original screenplay i mean right They're just falling into these two separate categories. They know they're using other people's work, and they're okay with it.
0: Well, yeah, and so are we. It's like that. Why else do we love cameos Mm -hmm. or worse sequels? (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, also, they kind of announced the the initial voice cast for this. Mr. Peabody will be played by Ty Burrell from Modern Family. He actually replaced Robert Downey Jr. from iron man obviously with the success of the avengers and such yeah. they had to replace him because now there's a iron man 3 and avengers 2 and whatnot so and then sherman will be voiced by Mac Ch- max charles he's in the new amazing spider-man movie also Stephen colbert allison janey ellie kemper ariel winter and Stephen toblowski have all joined the cast but they haven't said who they're gonna be
2: steve colbert I know that's funny
1: mm-hmm.
2: Did you know they had john stewart in an animated film way back really yeah it was a film called dugall
1: Oh yeah! Do you remember that? that? I never saw that. Uh, it looked like no, a huge too. failure.
2: <laughs> Watch the the lead animator for Dugall's going to be listening and be like,
1: well, I didn't think it was that bad." <laughs> um, so I can't believe I never noticed this before. But on a previous episode, you know, we mentioned some listener comments, and one was from a guy named his Twitter name is Sh, Sh- Life. <laughs> Um, and that's actually Jason Schleifer, who is oh, yeah. who's head of character animation at DreamWorks, at least for Mastermind. And he tweeted us about it because we kind of, on the Rotoscoper's Twitter, we put a link to the news stories like, Hey, thanks for posting the news. Hope you guys enjoyed the image and can't wait to hear what you think of it when it's released next year. Smiley face. Hey. <laughs>
2: Well, thanks, Mr. Schleifer.
1: <laughs> so I don't know. It, I looked on his IMDb. It's not announced what his next project is. He worked on Madagascar, Madagascar Two. He's not. He didn't work on Madagascar Three. So obviously, he's been working on something else. Uh-huh. So I was feeling, based on this comment and that lapse in things, that this might be his next film. <laughs> 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 Just my prediction. I'm not quite sure.
2: <laughs> hey, hey, maybe.
1: So yeah,
2: Jason Schleifer, man, that guy's the man.
1: Okay, our third bit of news. I mean, so much news going on in the animation world. Disney officially announced its CGI animated film Frozen, starring Kristen Bell and Idina Menzel.
0: Yay!
1: Yay! Wow. So, I mean, now we know. We kind of knew unofficially that this was the next film. It was used to be called The Snow Queen. It's based on Han, Hans Christian Andersen's classic fairy tale, The Snow Queen. So he also wrote the original Little Mermaid fairy tale. This is really exciting because it's going to be CGI. It's obviously going to be a musical. They mentioned that the the people doing the music, they're moving away from Alan Menken, at least for this film. Uh, He did do some like demo tracks initially. I mean, this has been in development with Disney since like the early 2000s. They've been trying to put this so there's been character art and then they say, oh, we're not doing it anymore. Then there's some songs released, not officially released, but whatever, played, demoed, but then those are not. Anyways, Alan Menken's not there anymore and the new songwriters are robert lopez who did the book of mormon musical and kristen anderson lopez who did finding nemo the musical so based on twitter and the response like people are really excited about these two songwriters i think they're kind of like a new age thing for disney yeah because disney's like they they do Alan Menken because they know he works, and it's a very Disney vibe whenever yeah. he writes songs. So it's kind of cool that they're going to be doing something a little different. Kristen Bell is doing the voice of a young dreamer named Anna who embarks on the journey of a lifetime. And then Wow, Idina, they never
2: put that in Disney films. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Idina Menzel she's known for originating the role of Elphaba, the Wicked Witch of the West, on the original Broadway cast of Wicked. So she has a set of pipes on her yeah, like no does. other. She was actually the stepmother, or soon-to-be stepmother, Nancy Tremaine in Enchanted. Yeah. And she recorded a song, but it just got cut, so we never got to hear it. So I'm really excited, because I'm a huge fan of hers. I'm excited to hear her sing in a Disney film. Yeah. What are you guys' thoughts? And I mean, it's just kind of voice cast and official announcement, but...
2: No, this is going to be cool. I like how Disney... uh, So this is Disney animation, right? It's not not Pixar. It's just just Disney? Yeah. Okay, so we're going from Tangled to Wreck-It Ralph. To Frozen, so it's like fairy tale, not fairy tale, fairy tale, you Uh know? So I just think it's kind of cool. It just makes Reggae Ralph all the more interesting because it's like, not like they're interrupting the whole Disney princess, you know, fairy tale habit of Disney, Uh but it just makes Reggae Ralph stick out a little more and it makes it a lot more interesting. But I I think that's interesting that they're going like fairy tale, then Reggae Ralph, then fairy tale.
1: Okay. It's also directed by Chris Buck, who we talked about him. He's the director of Surfs Up. So in episode four, we talk all about him and everything that he did. And, I don't know. I gained a lot of appreciation for him. I did too. As we discussed Surf's
0: Up. So I'm really excited for him. He also did Tarzan, but still, I'm like, yeah, Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as like, you know, things that we've already done, if you want to go check out what we, what we learned from Surf's Up, you can head out to that episode as well. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm excited that he's back at Disney and that he's working on another classic fairy tale. I mean, Disney, recently I think they've really understood what their roots are. Early 2000s they kind of tried to veer away from that and they did other things and they were okay but, I mean, they lost like what really made Disney Disney but, I mean, with Wreck-It Ralph they're still doing really exciting things and uh-huh. venturing out and like that is that movie is completely different than anything else and it still works. It still has kind of yeah. a Disney charm in a way. But yeah, this is going to be really exciting this comes out November 27th 2013 so about a year and a half away
0: I have, Morgan have you ever heard about D23 Destination D yes I have yeah well do you know that they're actually having the 75 years of Disney animated features event Ooh, I did awesome. because I, I write the news <laughs> Of course you do there's going to be this amazing event in august the 11th and 12th saturday and sunday at the disneyland hotel and basically you have to be a member of d23 and then also you have to pay a pretty penny to actually go to these different events but for example the diamond level passes are a thousand dollars but sorry they're already sold out um but all the other passes for the peons are 225 dollars a person it's a bit pricey, but, you know, they're going to be going and showing showcasing a lot of really awesome things. So, yeah, if anybody ends up going out to that one, please give us information and tell us how it was. Yeah, we'd love to hear
1: more. If you maybe have your you know recorder, you can record some of the sessions and the information things. Go to the Rotoscopers news site so you can find more information about this. It's going to be jam packed with everything Disney you know, as me, as a huge fan of Disney animation, this is something that I would love to go to. We actually applied for press passes, but we kind of got denied. I think it's kind of too late in the game. It's two months yeah. before. And it's a smaller venue. So, I mean, there's there's huge demand. And so that's kind of one of the reasons we got denied. I was so bummed because they were so happy and willing. But yeah. it's like, oh, but... But then again, it may be just because we're kind of like new, and they're like,
0: "You're not very important," so no, <laughs> have a magical day. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know, if we get enough people on listeners to go in and protest and say no, rotoscopers <laughs> need to be there. Get them That's there. That's what I say. That's what I say. Hey, so, so what's going
1: to be really cool about this is that I mean, this is the 75th year since the release of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in 1937. This is like our our core thing that we talk about on the rotoscopers is animated films yeah you know that's kind of the main thing we focus on and so this is coming direct from the source disney has huge access to all these you know to the disney animation library and to all these clips and footage and then of course actors and creators of the films so it's if you're a fan of disney animation this is something that you need to go to i mean it's kind of expensive but it's definitely kind of a -a once-in-a-lifetime thing that would be really good to go to but yeah
2: So recently, 20th Century Fox released their voice cast uh, information for the new film by Blue Sky Studios, entitled Epic. All I can say is uh, Pitbull. Did you guys (laughs) see that? (laughs) Yes. Okay, his singing is one thing. His singing is one thing apart. But having the guy speak for an animated film, I don't know about that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I see this bit of news and I'm kind of like, next.
0: Yeah.
1: So uh, is that all we have to say? (laughs) Yeah, basically. Next.
2: I know you want me. You know I want
0: ya. Oh, jeez. Well, now we are on to our main discussion for Brave. This is Pixar's newest film that we all were able to see. If you've gone on, you can go back and you can listen to episode one, which was without spoilers. And then this episode two is with spoilers. Lots and lots of spoilers. Lots of them. Okay, so first off, Mason,
1: let's hear your thoughts on the film. Just overall impressions. Chelsea and I, we've already talked about ours in length, but we want to hear everything you have to say. We're at your feet.
2: Okay, well, let's just start with the basics. So the first thing I... Okay, first of all, they did the La Luna short, which was really cool. Did y'all talk about that short? We
0: did. We did, indeed. We loved it. Oh,
2: man. Now, I saw an even more advanced screening, (laughs) even highly advanced uh, screening of of all the Oscar-nominated animated short films, and La Luna was one of them. So I saw it back then. It was like... Like back in January, February. It was really good. It was funny because half the people thought that this was Brave. They oh, were like, really? Oh, like, no. uh, when's Brave going to come on? When, the, when are the Vikings going to come on? <laughs> like, they're not Vikings. Anyway. <laughs> I stood up. Lady, they're not Vikings. Anyway, uh, (laughs) La Luna's cool, man. It's so heartwarming. I love how they can communicate what's going on and not have any, like, spoken dialogue dialogue. Mm -hmm. Just a lot of grunts, you know?
0: I've noticed Um, that they've done that. They can do that really well with these shorts. It's not entirely necessary in all movies to have spoken dialogue throughout the whole thing. But especially Pixar, especially with their shorts, they're able to really convey that message for example, mm-hmm. like, thinking back to, like, Up, that first 15 minutes are just, like, jabbing the heart. But, you know, they just totally know how to get you with just a few ideas and pictures.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: WALL-E also. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I thought it was a really really creative short film. Now, going on to the Brave topic, <laughs> um, the first thing that struck me about this movie as soon as it started were the visuals And this was something that at least I knew about this film for about a year now when my 3D graphics professor at BYU showed us like the first first like screen captures of this film. It was like, whoa, like this is like nothing Pixar has ever done before. And I loved it. The lighting and the texturing is awesome. Like all those scenes where they go where they're walking through the forest and stuff like that's so intricate, like how they do all the trees, all the plants, you know, all the rocks. You know, the water effects are really cool. The inside of the castle. It felt more natural and it felt... Felt like it really felt authentic. Like I was walking, you know, through this this old Celtic castle. And part of that may have to do with the fact that I saw it in three D. <laughs> so oh, I was awesome. kind of. In, did y'all see your advanced green? No, 3D? Uh-huh. shoot, they didn't even tell us that it was going to be three D. <laughs> and my girlfriend was like, "Oh, great! I get headaches when I go to these." And I was like, "Well, I do too, but, but this will be fun to watch." <laughs> but suck it up. <laughs> There's no turning back now. <laughs> awesome. But they did okay. They took the three D to a to an awesome level. Like. The first scenes where you're swooping over like the forest and stuff, they had um the 3D was was isolating like every tree. Like every tree. So it all had its own like space in the 3D in the 3D visualization. So it was really cool. And of course they didn't use the 3D as like a gag, you know, like former films have done. But it really enhanced the film. So, like, the scary parts where, like, the, the bear would get in your face, or, like, more do the evil demon bear would come out. That was cool in 3D. Yeah. But yeah, going back going back to the visuals, it just looked different from most every Pixar film that I've seen. Because The Incredibles had jungle sequences, you know? Yeah. It had jungle sequences, but it just wasn't as... Maybe it was the lighting, or just, you know, advances in computer technology, obviously.
1: Yeah. Well.
2: But this film was just, like, made to be, to show off, like, those amazing landscapes and stuff.
1: Yeah, totally. Like, with The Incredibles, I think, even though it had human characters, the art style was still super stylized. Yeah. You know, just to kind of give that cool 60s vibe, but for this, it was, like, I like the word you use, authentic. Mm -hmm. It was completely authentic, and in the last, uh, last podcast, I kept using the word that it was real. Like, this is the most real of the Pixar films. Like, it's a real world, you can be there.
2: Yeah, totally. And it is stylized, and the other films are more stylized Sure, and I think it's also kind of a streamlined thing. Like Pixar's always had like real like you know they're all into those shiny surfaces, you know those long mm-hmm. hallways and like those really streamlined interiors and objects. And this one just had kind of more of a yeah natural flowing like real look to it. You can't say enough about the hair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this, this film is all about hair, dudes.
1: That's exactly what Chelsea and I said. Like one of the first things we brought up last episode.
2: Yeah, hair, hair.
0: long beautiful hair <laughs> shining streaming, streaming, waxing
2: waxing I don't know what y'all are singing <laughs> oh,
0: but an old song about
2: hair yeah. <laughs> oh shoot well it, you know it's all about the hair for, okay for one little like toddler Merida is so cute
0: yeah so, uh, she was so
2: adorable how she was like bouncing around and her hair would like bounce around too.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: really funny. You know, what's cool about this movie is that only a only a handful of people had red hair only only married sure. his family, right? Yeah.
1: At everyone except for the mom.
2: Everyone except for the mom. Yeah. And I guess they did that to kind of one show that she was from a different family from the king, King mm-hmm. Fergus. Yeah, obviously, because she's his wife, but also to kind of isolate her as kind of the not the odd woman out, but she does kind of act differently from everyone else in the family, you know?
1: Yeah, like, she, she sees herself as part of the family, but at the same time, her role as queen, I think, supersedes that. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm, definitely. So I think the choice in hair color was obviously deliberate move by the Pixar crew, and it kind of sets her apart. And and as a side note, I had no idea this film would be so much about the queen.
1: Oh, they tricked you there. Yeah, really. Trick
2: tricked me. Well, I'm glad I went into this film without reading a lot of reviews. I did see some little snippet reviews on IMDb, and I did take a peek at the Rotten Tomatoes score, and I was like, whoa, and I guess we'll talk about that later. Later. yeah we will but i mean just going back to the visual visuals like my final word on that is that this movie is simply amazing so cool mm-hmm. like everything looks so natural and like real definitely fits that fairy tale vibe that this movie you know i guess was trying to accomplish and um i was so impressed by it like super impressed by it visually and i loved seeing it in 3d mm-hmm. i've seen i've seen uh 3d films that give me a headache you know or that like are super disorienting to watch yeah, Thor was my first, uh, you know, modern next-generation 3D movie, and it was totally disorienting, you know? Oh, really? And it might have just been the film. That film was really heavy on special effects. But this one was just kind of like, really, it was it was just, it was fine to watch in 3D. I've
0: noticed that they've gotten a lot better with a lot of these animated films in 3D. Like, the very first one that I noticed was uh, when we went and saw Beauty and the Beast in 3D. I really liked that one because, like we talked about before, it's kind of more of a multi-plane camera feeling. But then also, Morgan and I saw Uh, Madagascar three and that one I was expecting it to be kind of the same thing like I get headaches too I get disoriented and it's just never a fun thing and even though we were we didn't have the best seats and even though it was just it was kind of up in the front but I still, it still didn't bother me. It was actually something that added to it more than Uh just a gimmick. I'm really happy with what they've done with the 3D market and the 3D technology. Yeah, honestly,
1: I think Madagascar 3 was one of the best 3D films I've seen. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, just from a technical perspective. I mean, they really used the technology very well. I mean, yeah, there were a lot of gaggy where people are like going in and out, you know, where they're like, oh, I can touch it type of thing. And you see the little kid next to you, you know reaching out but i mean that was what the whole movie was about because they're at the circus they're bouncing around it's really fun it's crazy so they did that really well but i think animation in general is really a perfect arena for 3d because it's kind of made for 3d yeah you know because of the computer technology and it is in a 3d space already and you can perfectly translate it to 3d pretty well i think Anyways, I, yeah, I, that doesn't say anything about Braze 3D, but according to you, pretty good.
2: Yeah, I love the 3D effects, and I hope you all get the opportunity to see it in 3D. That would be fun. Okay, here's another overall impression I had. I don't know if maybe Morgan thought the same thing. This movie had a lot of similarities to Legend of Zelda. Uh,
1: I didn't catch that at all. But explain. Okay, it just
2: may. Okay, maybe it didn't have a lot of similarities to Legend of Zelda, but it was. It reminded me a lot of it. Just some of the elements, like the whole riding through the forest and doing her little archery range.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, like, okay, okay. yeah. (laughs) The Gruta Fortress,
2: yeah, definitely. And then um, those little the o Wisps, yes, they kind of they kind of felt Ah. like kind of like a Zelda element. You know, there's
1: a thing in Zelda that looks exactly like those. What are those called?
2: Oh, those the pose, those little ghost guys. It's
1: in it's in one of like the more recent like the Game Boy version of the games. They look exactly the same. They're like these little fairy. I think they are fairies, but they're just kind of like a stylized fairy in some of the newer games.
2: Yeah, and then um, the witch lady was like...
1: Oh my gosh!
2: The witch lady was so... Those witch ladies Kuma from... Uh, yeah, from uh, from Ocarina of Time. Exactly.
1: I wrote that in my review. I'm like, um, are they sisters? Are they... And she's like the triplet who was, you know, <laughs>
2: it's a thrown away. triplet who kind of... Uh, yeah, who kind of, you know, instead of world domination just wanted to make an honest living carving wood. <laughs> it's you know. Wood. Exactly. By, the way, Mer- by the way, Merida. never got her Oh, fic-
0: you didn't You stay didn't stay to stay the, till the, end. the end. Oh no. <laughs> oh no that part is so funny at the end yeah i know (laughs) oh man
2: you mean i missed it oh man (laughs) i knew knew i stayed till after the credits
1: oh i always stay. i'm like 70 percent of the time disappointed for staying and i'm like oh and who i'm with is always like hurry up let's go you know whatever but the 30 percent of the time and brave was one of them i'm not disappointed
2: so she does get her wooden yeah the very end
1: she gets a huge
0: shipment that's just on this cart and it's overflowing oh man it's funny yeah you Jeez! Had you listened to our Brave Part One, you would have gotten that memo. We gave a hint. Please stay till the end.
2: <laughs> oh shucks, man! It's okay. But well, caught yes. in the theater. I don't know. That's an excuse, but <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! Well, I feel like a loser. Well, normally <laughs> I stay after the credits too. It's okay. But anyway, okay. well, that's cool. And so, but she totally reminded me of uh, of those witches from from Ocarina of Time. Yeah. And, and other games. She's they've been villains in other ga- in other Zelda games.
1: Yeah. I, I definitely saw that and was like geeking out, kind of by the resemblance. I'm like, either they're triplets or doppelgangers. I don't know. Jeez.
2: So there's a line that she says she's, "I'm off to the Wicker Man convention or the <laughs> Wicker Man festival." Have you ever, you know, the concept behind the movie The Wicker Man? No. It's this um it's this movie where these Celtic people, um, they kind of have this this kind of like druid like tribe like a professor or a researcher or from, you know, modern lifestyle comes and investigates them and he kinda of gets in with them and they're building this huge wicker, this huge statue out of wicker twigs but in the end they like trap him inside the wicker man and they light it on, on fire and so it's like their sacrifice thing and he was the sacrifice so that oh. that's that's kind of a reference to that
1: oh interesting
2: <laughs> i love the part where she's in the abandoned shop you know and the cauldrons there and she's like for for spells if you're the redheaded girl put in the <laughs> like or the third potion or
0: whatever yeah what does she say she's like the wee redheaded maiden or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> or lass the redheaded lass <laughs> so let's go and let's talk about the first act
1: then the second act then the third act i think that's kind of an easy way to break it up yeah so yeah. mason kind of talked about the beginning you really like little merida
2: Adorable. <laughs>
1: At the beginning of this movie, I was kind of catching on to the bear motif. Yeah. And I kind of thought what had happened, because they're like, oh, this spell had had happened before. Okay, this is kind of going into act two, but it's on my mind. And then so I thought, she's like, a prince has done this before. And so for some reason, I thought that the king had gone to the witch. Yeah. And tried to change his fate relating to his wife. And I was like, ooh, that what <laughs> happened? You know? So I was like really intrigued about how that worked out. But it turns out it wasn't the king at all.
0: Yeah. I misread that. Completely. I didn't quite understand that. I knew that something had happened with the bear at the beginning because, like, it was just this really weird, random thing. He just shows up and then is never seen ever again. Mm -hmm. And then later on, when she did say that, I was like, oh. I entered the bear was somebody yeah. who was the bear who was the bear
2: yeah <laughs> 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 who's that bear
1: <laughs> i love that maybe, that beginning part when they the bear comes and they all start fighting it and then it kind of just pans and the next thing you see is the king and his pig leg yeah and how he becomes the bear king and he's telling the story i thought that was great
2: <laughs> yeah okay freaking love when he's at the dinner table like telling his story and then one of the one of the triplets is like Mouthing the words exactly as he's oh, yeah. saying it. Everybody was laughing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was really funny because they didn't talk, but yeah. they nearly can.
2: <laughs> oh man, it's so funny. I thought in the first act, they I think the first act was kind of like the longest act because they spent a long time setting everything up.
1: Uh huh.
2: That's one of the reasons why I didn't like the third act that much is because the first act was so lengthy and so like extensive. You uh-huh. know?
1: Yeah, because they had to really develop the characters and like set them in this time, and then after they established the character and the family relationships, especially Merida and Queen Eleanor, then they have to bring in the tribes and the yeah. clans, and then that, all that drama.
2: <laughs> that is a lot of drama.
0: They were so funny, though. <laughs> yeah, they were. I Dude,
1: love I all the, the sons.
2: Okay, is it the MacGuffin clan where the, it's that guy, and then his, his son is, like, really big, and he can't understand anything he's saying because yeah. he's got that super heavy Celtic accent?
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like i do not even understand it. Oh, like a total know. boom power, but just scottish
2: <laughs> he's like a scottish boom power. <laughs> love it
1: oh man! but like at the same time he's like kind of really innocent and genuine yeah don't they pan to people and then they just kind of shrug their shoulders like what wow. yeah <laughs> so what was your favorite out of the three sons
2: i think he was my favorite but i also like um maybe it was lord dingwall's son yeah who he was like first his dad was was telling this epic story and it's this like huge guy and everyone's like whoa (laughs) and he's like with with his one arm he was stealing steering the ship (laughs) oh my gosh it's funny
0: yeah and then they pan to the sun he's sitting there i love at the very end he's like what It was your idea in the first place. I didn't even like her, right?
2: You know, I thought they would do more with the uh, with that. What do you mean? When she establishes... Well, uh, again, we're going into Act 2, but when she establishes oh, that active. she wants to decide for herself and she wants everyone to decide for themselves, so the three suitors' fathers are like, okay, well, our boys are going to compete to win her heart, not just her hand. I was like, okay, she's going to like have more interaction with these boys and maybe decide who she likes, but they didn't what ever they do see? anything with that.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, All right, ciao. Yeah, I mean, I guess Pixar's thing is they don't do love stories per se, so they didn't really want it to be about marriage and the boys they want to be out Merida and the mom yeah but yeah. I mean yeah I wish there were a bit more interaction because inevitably like skipping to the very end Merida has to be with one of these eventually yeah yeah and and they all are super flawed but I mean we kind of glazed over in fact you may have changed the rules but you have to get to know them somehow. And uh, you will have to marry them, Merida. Marry someone.
2: <laughs> now I have a question. So the three other like lords that come out, yeah. are they all are they all relatives of Fergus? Are they part of that like four sons legend, you know? No, are they I all think... are they all part of that or has that legend kind of dissolved?
1: That's one thing I didn't know about the four sons legend, if that was a really long time ago. Because more do, he's still alive. So either he's some sort of immortal bear who's been living a really long time, or that well, legend only happened about a hundred years years ago.
2: Well, he is a demon bear, so maybe demon bears have oh, okay. an actual okay. long life.
1: Okay, so he's a demon bear, so that makes more sense. So I think the original four sons in the legend were sons, but then these three guys and King Fergus are just descendants. So I'm sure they're related way back when, but not so much anymore.
2: Well, Dingwall, MacGuffin, and MacIntosh certainly fight like brothers. <laughs> but they never really say anything like that, you know? Yeah. So I guess, they're, I guess they're not. I guess they're just all, you know, neighbors, and it's kind of one of those keeping up with the... With the McJoneses kind of things. (laughs) So, oh man, I was talking in a Celtic accent after that movie. I still kind of am. But anyway. So I got a question. What about okay, so Merida's big conflict in the beginning of the film is that her mom won't let her do her thing. Her mom's always like stuffing her, you know, always like trying to control her. How did y'all feel about that like attitude in the heroine in a Pixar film? Cuz you know what other Disney films I'm talking about that have that, you know. Heria. Little Mermaid. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Little Mermaid and well, okay, Little Mermaid.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. That's, uh,
2: Anakin Skywalker. Chelsea and, were,
1: <laughs> Chelsea and I were going to say that, like, last time we didn't mention what movies we thought this was like, but it's totally, like, a blend, a mix of Little Mermaid and Brother Bear.
2: And <laughs> Brother Bear.
1: <laughs> it is. It's just kind of the...
2: the... Now it's Mother Bear. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Like I said in the last episode, I think is sort of bratty and I don't like her at the beginning at all. I learned to love her. I mean, I still like her. Like, I think she's kind of quirky and fun and cool. But at the same time, I do not like her because she's such a brat to her mom. Yeah. I didn't
2: think she was a brat, because I understood the direction that they were going. It's like, okay, her mom's kind of, you know, a princess does this, you know? Yeah. A princess does not walk, she glides. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, and they did a good job illustrating that with all the mon- use of montage and stuff, and uh, they did a creative way of establishing the shaky relationship between Merida and her mom. But I think that may be one of the things that have fans, you know, all over the internet saying, it's not very original, you know? Uh-huh. I th- I think some of this, some parts of this film are totally original. It was just that part may have been one of the things that t- that set people over the originality edge. I don't know. Just want to get y'all's opinions on that. I was kind of like, uh, well, I kind of seen this before, so this is kind of redundant. Yeah. And that's one of the few negative things, few but significant negative things I have to say about this film is that. I mean, they could have done it better. Like, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have had that message there, you know, that whole thing in the beginning where Meredith's freshy with her mom. That's the whole reason for the, the storyline.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But they could have done it a different way to kind of make it not as cliche, yeah. you know? Because I know people were thinking Little Mermaid when they were watching it.
1: <laughs> yes, they were.
2: Yeah. I know I was.
1: I really liked the scenes when the lords all decide to camp out in, you know, the Great Hall, yeah. King Fergus is in charge of entertaining them.
0: Them. And That's so there's just,
1: them. they're partying, they're singing songs, he's telling stories,
0: and it's just a grand old time. I really like the, those scenes. I love how it goes from, like, just being so jovial and happy to at each other's throats within, like, just a few hours. You know, <laughs> like, they're only there a for a few seconds, days. A few seconds, man. And it's oh, just yeah, like yeah. it's so it's so tedious. The little the line that they walk is like they're either totally happy and best friends, or I hate you. We're at war. I love how barbaric they
1: got it. The drop of a hat, it was just fighting and brawling, and the king was in there, and yeah. it was great.
2: <laughs> great. <laughs> I also like to how they establish the queen as the as the authority figure because she just walks like serenely over to them and then grabs them all by their ears, and everybody's like quiet. Oh, yeah. yeah, everybody's okay again. <laughs>
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love
2: that. So that I was fun. Think
0: I, she's like one like of the, the only mom, women in there, though.
2: Yeah, totally. The other women, you know, like the maid. There was the, you know, the comedy relief maid. You know,
1: <laughs>
0: oh, she was and, wonderful. Um,
2: <laughs> she was wonderful. But other than that, there weren't a whole lot of women. I mean, there were some background women, like Young Macintosh was like, you know, they were swooning, swooning over him. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so you mentioned how barbaric and crazy all the all the lords were getting. Do you think they? Do you think they like overdid the kind of the rough and tough Celtic man vibe in this film? <laughs> Do you think they overdid it, or do you think it was just right?
0: I thought it was just right. I had no problems with it. <laughs> I thought it
1: was quite humorous, actually. I didn't think it was over the top at all. I liked it.
2: Okay, yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. I think in some parts it got like a little. It, it became like a little too much. It was like, okay, you know, they're crazy, you know, barbaric Vikings. <laughs> not Vikings. I keep wanting to say Vikings and not. I'm sorry, they're crazy <laughs> they're barbaric Celtic men. You know, I guess that's just you know, everybody does that. You know, everybody plays the not the stereotypes, but like you know, the most recognizable features of a. Devil of a demographic of people. Yes.
1: <laughs> the low-hanging fruit. <laughs>
2: the low-hanging fruit.
1: <laughs> okay, so let's go on to Merida when she kind of escapes. You know, she's running away, she's completely upset, and then she starts following the will-o'-wisps. Yeah. And she gets into the uh, witch's hut. Okay, so supposedly, I didn't see it, but in the witch's hut, she has this hobby. She likes to carve, and yeah. she's also a witch, but apparently doesn't use her powers that often? Or I'm
2: not quite sure. Too many too many unsatisfied customers. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: sorry. <that's right. laughs> so she's a carver, and that's where... Where the Pizza Planet truck is. It's, there it is. Oh, really? somewhere in there, yeah. Dude, oh. I didn't
2: see it. I didn't see it, honestly. I had to look on IMDb.
1: I wasn't, like, I knew it was in there, but I was just so enveloped in the story that I didn't want to look for it, you know? But, what, yeah. but was,
2: the, was the toy ball from Andy's room in it?
1: Oh, has to be, right?
2: I don't know. I haven't seen anything on that. I guess we'll find out.
1: Gotta rewatch. But I thought that lady was hilarious. And oh, I what I her. like about her is that she's not, I mean, they'd mentioned this before, but there's no real villain in this movie. Other than, I mean, maybe the bear, but not, not particularly. But they're defi- definite no,
2: antagonists.
1: Not. But she's not like a bad guy.
2: Oh, she, yeah, she's not a she's bad guy. She's super gal. neutral. That's not to mean she is not a bad guy.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> your new favorite.
2: Know, that's, that's my new favorite thing. Every time I talk, <laughs> I freaking can't wait for Rick and Ralph. <laughs> So you know who did the voice? That was um that was Julie Walters. She was professor gosh, I can never pronounce her
1: name.
2: Trelawney? Yeah, Trelawney on Harry no, Potter. No
1: no no, that's um No, never mind. It's no, not. No, Trelawney she- was the mom.
2: Right. Trelaw- yeah, and is the mom. Uh the witch is voiced by the lady who did Molly Weasley.
1: Oh,
0: um. Oh. Where have you been? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man, we need to do a... Too bad we can't ever do a Harry Potter discussion.
1: Hey, why not? Good. The first one is just so quotable. It's true. I, I love that? Yeah. You're like, sorry,
0: we don't care. It's not animated. <laughs> we like it.
1: The troll is animated, okay? Yeah, it's got animation okay. in it, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, so we can have, like, a special effects in movies. <laughs> yeah. So lots of Harry Potter characters in this film.
1: Yes, I mean... Were, those,
2: were there more besides just... Uh,
1: Robbie Coltrane, who is Hagrid, he was the voice of Lord Dingwall. Oh, really? Yep. Ah. And so, lots that, of,
2: that's uh, wow, so that's pretty crazy.
1: They're pretty much the go-to British actors. Yeah. You know, they're pretty well-known, respected. Okay, so after Merida, you know, curses her mom, she goes there and she has this lovely cupcake, or it's just mm-hmm. a cake. You know, she has to figure out a way to feed it to her mom. And it's actually really sad when she gives it to her mom and the mom is oh, yeah. just like, so excited. You made this for me and then she starts eating it and then just starts feeling super sick and does not eat it anymore. And yeah. then just like progressively gets even more sick and sick. It, I like
2: was, how Merida doesn't even like care.
1: Yeah. She's yeah. like, okay, so
2: what do you think about the marriage now? Okay, so what do you think about the marriage now? Huh? Yeah. Huh?
1: yeah, yeah. I, I did notice that and I was like, mm, okay. The only time she really cared was when she kind of fell on the floor, right? Uh-huh. A bear. And then she was a bit concerned. <laughs> oh, wait.
2: <laughs> Seriously. Okay, I guess that just kind of shows Okay, you were saying how much you hated Merida or how much you didn't like her, you know, in the first part of the film. I think this this is a good indicator because she just, like, doesn't care that her mom's swooning from sickness, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's just kind of... I guess it kind of illustrates, like, Merida's, like, selfishness or pride. I had such an important issue in this film.
1: But I did think it was kind of predictable when she leaves the cake there and they'd established already how much the brothers love cake. Yeah. And I, I kind of already knew it was happening. Yeah.
2: I knew it, too, because I saw the pre- reviews where there were three little bears Mm -hmm. yeah i was like okay unless they do this whole there's a bear family that parallels theirs yeah then somehow they've got to turn into little bears i was like oh yep the cake she only had one bite and she sat down the table
1: yeah that was the one thing that i was kind of disappointed that they showed in the trailers is that they showed the three the three little bears because the big bears would have been fine i would have been completely fine with yeah because there's no real relation unless you show queen eleanor with a crown as a bear That's the only one you could get it. But, like, the three, I mean, there's three triplets and there's three bears. It doesn't take a genius. So that was kind of disappointing because I would have liked to have not been spoiled about that. But, oh, well. You
2: know what was the biggest uh, surprise for me in the film is I didn't know that the mom would turn into a bear.
1: Neither did I. Yeah, I had no idea. Totally
2: didn't see that coming. For some reason, I thought
1: the the curse would
0: turn her whole family into bears, not just only the mom and then accidentally the brothers. I didn't even see that coming. I just thought it was going to have something to do with the older bear and
2: yeah, I thought it would have something to do with more do.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like she wants to change her fate, and so evil bear gets unleashed and wreaks havoc on the kingdom.
1: Yeah, so then, you know, Merida and her mom, they realize, oh my gosh, I'm a bear, and she starts freaking out, and then she's, I love how she still attempts to be very dainty. Yeah, <laughs> she still
2: attempts to be the queen, you know?
1: And she, like, finds her crown and puts it on, and she's walking like a human. Those are good scenes. Old I really habits
0: like. die hard.
2: <laughs> I love the whole sequence where they're chasing them around the castle, trying to get them.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's
2: really funny. And then how they get down the tower is so freaking hilarious. <laughs>
0: on the kilts. Oh I my know. gosh.
2: <laughs> Everybody was like freaking out at that part.
1: Okay, now I understand why this was rated PG for rude humor. Yeah. Because there was a lot of butts. There was a lot of butts and definitely boobs um, yeah. <laughs> for that one lady like we'll talk about it at the end, but I was shocked yeah. at how much of that
0: there was here. But it was no, good. It I kind of liked the it. the very beginning. When? When the triplets are coming up and they like looking down over her as she's got all these little like, muffin Oh things. yeah. Like they've done that like three times. Sheesh. But yeah. yeah, there was a lot of even moments like um, marital humor. <laughs> what? Well, well just I, like the husband going back to the queen of like, oh, well. oh <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. And that kind of helps like kind of support that this whole mystic Celtic community is like super close to each other, you know, uh-huh. like there's definitely the theme of family there. And then all the tribes kind of act like family too, or they just act really close because mm-hmm. it's kind of like, I kind of make this akin to like a redneck community where everyone's kind of like really close. <laughs> (laughs) you know and real friendly yeah (laughs) they don't mind walking around with their kilts off you know because they're all men you know yeah of course no shame they're in good.
1: that <laughs> What we gotta do so merida and her mom they then go and they escape to the woods and they're in there and then they realize we're very hungry and Merida's very accomplished and is able to show her mom you know i can hunt i can find you fish i'm there's things that you didn't teach me as a princess that i need yeah you know yeah. and so she's able to catch her a fish and then teach her how to catch a fish feed her for a lifetime exactly <laughs> and then even when they're eating the fish i love she puts her bow on the table there's There's always that bow on the table, you know, (laughs) gag from the beginning. Meredith's like, even as a
0: bear. No bows on the table. My favorite was when right after she first turns into a bear and she goes in and the triplets are in there and they're causing a ruckus and <laughs> the bear is like telling them what to do and they're just like... They don't, <laughs> 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 like Meredith just walks in and they're just looking at her like, hey, she told us to like do it. You can't do anything about it. The bear told us to do this.
2: <laughs>
0: you can tell. No matter what type of a body she has, she is there. Yeah, so this this, this scene definitely reminded me a
1: lot of brother bear because isn't there aren't there scenes in brother bear where they you know have to learn how to be yeah. a bear and they're fishing and they're in the water and they're being bear, and like I was kind of bored during the scene I'm like okay come on come on come on yeah
2: I think they spent a lot of time like in that scene but they didn't do a lot of scenes of them kind of mending their relationship or getting along as bear and girl you know <laughs> yeah And it was kind of, there were some weird parts too where she kind of reverts back to her more primal bear um, on the yeah. inside state mm-hmm. that was kind of crazy
1: those were genuinely scary. Yeah. Because you didn't know it was going to happen. I mean, she, her transformation was complete. Oh, yeah, that was kind of like the another aerial type of thing, uh-huh. where it was by, like, the sunset, or this time I think they didn't want Sun- the sunset. <laughs> sunset on the third day, so they changed it to sunrise
0: Surprise on, on the, the second Second, second day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, This is too close.
2: There's some interesting parts of the film, like, the part where she walks in, all the lords have, like, their fort set up in the Great Hall, and they're all, like, battling each other, and then yeah. Merida walks in, and she does her big speech, kind of changing the tradition and stuff. And I thought it was weird that she was relying so much on her mom for help. I kind of thought that the movie would be more about Merida's independence from her mother, but in that scene, she was totally dependent on her mother. Yes, you know, they established that her mom was okay with her breaking tradition and that, you know, they could kind of get along. I just thought the whole thing was kind of backwards a little bit.
0: Well, I think also it shows that Merida is not ready to grow up and that's why she depends so much on her mother. Like, she wants to be grown up she wants to have her own way and da, da 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 but she isn't and she herself is realizing that as well I think yeah that's a good point
1: what
2: else about that scene oh
1: well in that scene isn't Merida ready to kind of just give in and say okay I'll, I'll marry one of the, the suitors. suitors yeah isn't she am I remembering that incorrectly she's about to because she wants to fix all this right but then the mom's like no 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 no," and leads her along or no
2: yeah? I can't remember yeah, I,
1: don't know. I thought that was sort of weird I'm like really Merida if this is true, you're going to give up that easily. And <laughs> so there was a good compromise there between her and the mom, but
2: yeah, it was a compromise, but I, I didn't like how they set the scene up. Cause it was kind of like, well, Merida is still kind of like giving in to her dependence on her mom yeah maybe it was kind of a good like storytelling tool because maybe everyone in the audience was thinking hey why is she still depending on her mom and it's like oh her mom is is telling her that she's okay with her breaking tradition so yeah that's kind of a pleasant surprise there i guess
1: going back to the beginning so when merida like finds the loophole in the marriage thing where you know oh, yeah. the old the oldest born of each clan can shoot for the hand uh-huh. and i'm gonna shoot for my own hand you know and like essentially marry myself but not really I I just thought that was a bit odd. Like, I know that wasn't going to happen, but what was Merida planning on doing? Just staying single forever or just staying single for right now? I think just, like, do it on my own terms. Yeah. I liked when they went back with the mom and Merida. They went back into the witch's hut, and it was clearly deserted. And, you know, she keeps going in and out the door. Like It's (laughs) got to work. Gotta work, I swear. I'm going crazy. And then the part where Mason mentioned the potions—that was like the potion answering machine. I thought that was hilarious. And Merida, you can tell she's like, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh!" Like literally freaking out and keeps dumping the
0: things, and it's going crazy and no good. (laughs) It's like the witch's head just keeps like switching and like like (laughs) she's got this like twitch. Like "Uh,
1: uh, uh, uh." (laughs) we never see her again. Uh -uh. You know, I I don't know if I would have wanted to see the witch like kind of resolve. Oh, good job. I mean, that's sort of like the Beauty and the Beast thing. Yeah. I mean, not seeing the sorceress at the end. Is that important? Apparently not. I guess I didn't miss her, but... I just liked yeah. her as a character. I would have wanted to see more of her, even though I know she wasn't the main star. Yeah. well, it, as a,
2: It's not really about her, I guess.
1: Yeah, totally.
2: Well, and she's just, there. She's there. You know, this is, you got to face it, that this is a fairy tale movie. And the witch always has, you know, the spell, and there's always a catch, you know. So she kind of supplies that. But I wasn't really disappointed that I didn't see her at the end, you know. Yeah.
1: You were disappointed you didn't see the shipment of yeah.
2: goods. <laughs> I am very disappointed in myself for that. <laughs>
1: So then there's that last, I guess... Race through the castle. Okay, Mason. What? R- remind me real fast. Like, what happens during that last scene when they're in the castle? What are they trying to get?
2: Well, they're trying to mend the tapestry, which was the weirdest part of this movie for me.
0: Oh, that was a weird part. Because well,
2: she gave she gave the the you know the catch all spell that sets everything right, and I was like, okay, the the rift caused by pride. I was like, okay, they need to get over their pride, and once Merida and and her mother put aside that, then the curse will be lifted. But I didn't. But all of a sudden, she's like, oh, the tapestry that I ripped. So I was like, is this like a magic tapestry? Or yeah. <laughs> is it? was it really about the tapestry? Because I was like, Merida all of a sudden came up with this idea. I was like, okay, let's go get the tapestry. I was like, that doesn't seem right. Like, no one in this movie is necessarily saying that the tapestry is what breaks the spell. I was half expecting the tapestry to not work in the end, but then she changes back to the mom in the end because it wasn't the tapestry. It was the family rift caused by pride that got mended in the end. And I was, I was supposed, I was waiting for that aww moment when I was like, Like, it was never about the tapestry. It was about us. (laughs) Yeah. But the whole movie, the whole second half of the movie kind of revolves around this tapestry. And it just seemed kind of, like, weak. It didn't really make sense to me.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I had the same thought, too. I was just like, why in the world did they make such a big deal out of the tapestry at this point? I think it because it was a
1: representation of their relationship. Right. Because the mom has spent so much time. But then again, that's, like, a one-sided thing. The tapestry was all the mom's doing. But she had... I'd been working on it for a really long time, right. but I mean, I Merida didn't help, so it's not like Merida had any hand in that tapestry. All she had a hand in was breaking it. Right. I mean,
2: I, neither did anyone establish that it was like an enchanted tapestry. You
0: know. <laughs> well, the thing, what she, the reason why she thought it was, I think, was because when she was in the old kingdom of the bear Mardus' kingdom, you could see that the the statues of he and all of his brothers, and he was broken off, and oh. so because.
2: As a oh, bag, she had
0: it in her mind of oh well, Mardu could have fixed it possibly I don't know, uh-huh, if uh-huh. he could have just put that statue back together. Like he's she's just thinking very literally, and when it isn't about the literal representation of anything, uh-huh. it is just about their relationship. Yeah,
2: and like yeah, so I'm, I'm guessing Mardu didn't really mend the rift between him and his other brothers. He was definitely prideful in wanting to be supreme ruler, and so was he stuck as a bear for, demon bear fairy because of that or? because he just didn't have, like, super glue to mend that stone thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's cement glue.
2: <laughs> Hard to find.
1: Yeah, that was, I guess, sort of a weak point. Um, it was just so fast, I guess you didn't really have time to focus too much on the details. Yeah. I liked the more do storyline when they go there, and it's a really scary scene. And mm-hmm. uh, you get to find out more about the history and what happened, and, oh, this has happened before. But yeah, so, like, when I, when you go there, you see, you know, this emblem of the two axes, right? Yeah. And that's one of the reasons when I was still thinking, like, oh, this was the dad. Like, the dad had done this before. Because isn't the dad's thing? Like, he's he holds, he welds an axe?
2: Didn't he have a spear at the beginning? Yeah, yeah. And then he, and then he drew a sword.
1: Okay, so maybe I'm, I don't know where I'm getting this axe uh, thing. I, <laughs> I just, I had this idea, and I'm like, oh, I got you, Pixar. I'm going <laughs> to figure your movie out, apparently. I had I no idea. <laughs> oh, okay. Nothing
2: oh. gets past the rotoscopers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it did. <laughs> Well, what happened, the reason why I think that they were all connected, that they were all descendants of each one of these sons that broke off. Yeah. Or because at the very end, Merida is the one that says, oh, remember when my dad did all this great things? And because of that, you, we all decided to join back up again and be able to be a one big clan, a one big family again yeah. instead. And so I think that that's one of the main reasons. Like, So it broke off with this these four sons, and so they broke off into their own little things, and then later on all these other conflicts forced them to reconcile and get back together. I think that's just one of the main things that happened. So, here's a conundrum. Is Merida's
1: family a descendant of Mordu? That's, like, which, which, I mean, yeah. there's four sons, and there's sh- four
0: clans, but mm. which one's the descendant of the evil guy? Maybe it is. They Maybe they are descendants of them, because they're the ones that have to put it all back together again.
2: I think maybe we're reading too much into this. I don't, I don't think... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Most likely. <laughs>
2: I don't really think they're related to the legendary Four Sons. Oh,
1: oh, really? Well, that was very unclear, but... Yeah.
2: Because <laughs> there were other clans that they were at war with.
1: Yeah, okay, I guess... They
2: were easier. at war with Normans, which don't count. Those aren't Celts.
1: <laughs> and no. the Picts?
2: I mean, all we can do is speculate, because the movie just doesn't establish that they are the descendants of that kingdom. Yeah, you know? yeah that's true.
1: They're just kind of a story to learn from.
2: I think uh, Mordu's, um, you know, as a human, I think he caused the downfall of his own kingdom because he was such a chump. So now he has to live as this solitary demon bear.
1: Who can't even remember but, anything.
2: Man, I'm just frustrated with Mordu also. <laughs> he's such a... Well, for one, I love his character design. Like, he is freaky, man. Yeah, he is. He's like evil, like, iron face bear with a bunch of spears and arrows sticking out of oh, him, you that know? that was awesome. Like, geez, couldn't help you to just pull those things out. I mean, bound <laughs> about to get infected one of these days. <laughs> but he's a demon bear. I guess he doesn't care. But they established this thing at the beginning where they're like, and now Mordu roams the countryside. Seeking revenge, you know, on on Fergus. But it didn't really happen, you know? Yeah. Fergus Fergus squares off against him at the end. I'll fight you with my bare hands. (laughs) I was like, whoa, you sure you want to do that? It wasn't like the bear asked you to fight with with bare hands. You know, you can reach for your axe. But they didn't really push the whole, like, bear seeking revenge on Fergus thing. The bear was just like like a hazard of nature, you know? Uh It was just like a random, almost random villain.
0: Yeah, I don't think he had, he was just a bear.
2: I guess they wanted a villain that Merida's mother could stand up to and kind of show her protective side for Merida at mm. the end.
1: Yeah, I like that last fight scene, uh-huh. you know, everything it was too short. going on. Too short,
2: huh? It was too short. All the Pixar movies have more extended sequences of them fighting the main antagonist, whether it's um, Syndrome, you know, his giant robot, oh, that is a or, or Hopper. Boy, that those whole scenes against Randall on Monsters Incorporated.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they were just maybe trying to go in a different direction, but yeah. That was short, now I think about it. But at the very end, you know, the brothers turned back into the little boys. Yeah, how just, did that
2: happen? Like, what, what rift caused by pride I think, did they overcome?
1: <laughs> I think they were just a result of Merida's actions. Yeah. I mean, she just yeah. left the thing. Yeah, that's true. It was like, oh, man, not only is your mom stuck in this, but you got your brothers in this, too. They didn't ever really turn carnal, did they? Mm, oh, yeah, they never <laughs> had their ferocious <laughs> moments.
2: <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: Imagine- but then again baby bears aren't like that it's true
2: you don't know that
1: i don't know that <laughs> yeah so they walk you know, there's that funny line where what do they say about being naked she's like i'm naked as a wee pup and then you know he covers her and he does he get excited yeah he
0: does. <laughs> like that's what i'm saying like what <laughs> he's Pretty like nice. oh, oh oh wait wait wait! no 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 yeah Apart your and- eyes gentlemen <laughs> And then the little kids come running up, and oh, okay, you can look at them. Yeah,
1: booties,
2: <laughs> little naked babies.
1: Yeah, so that was like, do. really funny. Did a lot of people laugh during that part in your theater?
2: Yes, one because we were like the only people in the audience who weren't who weren't ups with children. Everybody brought their kids to this. I was like, how would they get tickets for all their kids?
1: They're just that good. So okay, so the movie ends, and um, do the the clans? Do they go away? They start sailing away.
2: Yeah, they sail away, and then the three twins go off after them and then Fergus is like, uh oh, boys he has to row after them.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: But yeah, <laughs> they funny. they leave, so it's like, oh, so Merida didn't really get to know any of those suitor boys. No,
1: not at all. She escaped another day. Yeah. It was totally Swan Princess moment where you know they come, they visit for a summer, they leave. <laughs> they come, they visit for a summer, they leave.
2: And they come, they marry, they leave <laughs> They come, they marry, they leave.
0: <laughs>
2: well y'all are thinking Swan Princess, I'm just thinking bugs life.
0: Oh. That's our lot in life. It's not a lot, but that's our life.
2: (laughs) I know. Definitely that Disney kind of message of like, everybody's like, this is how things are supposed to be, you know? And then there's like one free spirited person who's like, no, I want to do my own thing, you know? Yeah. And chaos ensues. Yes,
1: yes. So I like this movie a lot. You have any last thoughts?
2: Yeah, last thoughts. Okay, this is kind of something to bring up. Like, the main critics of this film, their whole thing is that they're disappointed in Pixar because this isn't an original story. Yes. How do do y'all feel about that statement? Do you agree with it, or what?
1: Okay, can I go? I have so, a rant on this. So, the chair okay.
2: recognizes Morgan Bird.
1: <laughs> so my first thing is right now on Rotten Tomatoes, it was in the 60s, it was rated in the 60s, but it's because they are only... Yeah, yeah. Now it's in the mid-70s. Top credits were rated about 78% right now. This could go up, this could go down by the time this movie is actually released.
2: Such are statistics.
1: But the majority of the, thi- of the things I've read are essentially saying, wow, this would be great if it were a DreamWorks film, but because it's Pixar, you know, I expected a little more. It should be better, so I make it. I'm gonna re- review it rotten. It's not that good, and like to me, I feel like there's major flaw in this kind of thinking. Yeah, yeah. as a as a reviewer, as a critic, because it's like comparing your children. Yeah, the children <laughs> in one family are all great; they're all wonderful, but you can't compare one child to the other. Yeah, they're completely independent. You don't like one child better than the other, you know? Or or like for example, maybe if, not in your family, <laughs> <laughs> or like sporting events. If I were gymnastics and. Oh because you're on team Russia you you should be a good gymnast. So yeah. your floor routine I'm only giving it a 9.0 instead of a 9.5 which it actually was. Oh, I just grading just, everything
0: on the curve. Yeah,
1: just essentially because of who you're associated with. I'm low, I'm lowering your score and I feel that's kind of essentially what happened with a lot of reviews for Brave. Brave was really good. Like I know we talked in this podcast is a lot more negative than our last podcast where we yeah. focused a lot more on the positive. Like that hands down I still think Brave is a wonderful fabulous this movie the technical achievement yeah but i don't
0: think these reviews are fair end by rant well i'll just say i agree with that as well i mean i look at each one of the the pixar films they all have their own arc and you know just like us as a reviewing you know any episode that we do we're going to be doing it because we like it and it speaks just because we want to do it and it doesn't have to go along with a certain formula of we will only do Pixar films. We will only do Disney films. No, we like them all. So we're going to do all of the films.
2: Mm-hmm. All the films. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Side note here. How do you all feel about this? Now, uh, since Brave has come out, Merida has now entered into the official princess pantheon for Disney, making her the first Pixar princess to be put into the pantheon of (laughs) Well, that's a lot of peas in there. How do y'all feel about that? Do you think this is this is significant? Do you think it says something about where Pixar's going now?
1: I mean, I think it's predictable and understand yeah, inevitable that they're going to put Merida as a princess. I mean, they want to broaden and make that princess line as robust as possible. (laughs) And, you know, that's one of the intentions that they had when they were making Enchanted, is that they wanted to make Giselle this new princess, but for some reason they forgot that, you know, oh, because she's the face character is Amy. Adams, you know, in real life, you can't do that because now you have to pay her royalties. So they're like, "Dang it! There, there goes our princess." Yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah. I think it's okay. I mean, the first Pixar princess in the Disney lineup, it may, might be our last. Probably not. I mean, who knows how long Pixar will go? I think it's okay. I, have you seen the pictures of the Merida face character? She looks really awesome. What does face really? mean? Face char- like at Disneyland when you see Snow White. Oh, see-
2: that, yeah. No, I haven't seen her.
1: <laughs> she looks pretty sweet. She's obviously like a lot older version of Merida. Yeah, do what you can.
2: Yeah. Okay, have you seen the commercials for, like, the Bra- the Merida Barbie doll? I don't no. know if it's I don't know if it's actually Barbie, but it's like, you know, my sparkly brave doll, you know? <laughs> you <seen> any- <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. <laughs>
2: no, it's I like haven't. she looks nothing like Merida. Some of the toy lines that they're doing. I'm not talking like Bratz dolls or anything, but it's basically like the Barbie line, but it's Merida. Yeah. So it's like, oh, Barbie figure with Merida hair, you know, but it's still nice because it's girly. You know, Barbies are for girls. It's like, you know.
0: Are you looking into buying one? And you were- you know, a
2: jewel-encrusted bow. <laughs> Customize the braids on her
1: horse. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that reminds me, there was the coolest Barbie when Pocahontas came out. It was uh, like this Barbie where Miko would braid her hair. Yes, I had that Barbie! <laughs> oh so you'd, like, you'd, you'd put Miko behind her, and he'd like
0: hold her hair somewhat or something? Yeah, and then... it had these two little clips, and then first off, <laughs> the hands would spin in an impossible direction, <laughs> so that it would tighten up each little strand of hair, and then the whole body would spin. And so it would... <laughs> <laughs> they created this like wraparound <laughs> brain. <laughs>
1: It wasn't a braid; it was just like a twist. But... Yeah. Well, because I couldn't like figure out the end
2: <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! Oh
1: my gosh, I love Disney memorabilia. <laughs> yeah.
2: What a horrible idea! Why would you want a raccoon to braid your hair? They got did dirty little paws.
0: Oh, all the time. Uh, that's my. That's why I, didn't I want never that one. did it. Like I tried because I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be awesome! I'm gonna have perfect hair, just like, just like Pocahontas." And then it doesn't. And I'm like, it's all tangled. Yeah,
1: because that was like a, a scene from the movie where Nico yeah, uh, he like braids, braids her hair real quick. So, like, ah, oh, that's a great toy. <laughs> there,
2: wait, there's a scene in Pocahontas where he braids her hair? I yeah. don't know about that. She's,
1: like, sitting down. He, like, gra- goes behind her and just braids it super quick. Well, <laughs> Anyways.
2: I guess that's a girl thing that y'all noticed that.
1: <laughs> oh, man, good times. <laughs> oh, okay, have so you we- seen the Redbox knockoff of Brave? No. Yeah, Is it well, on the website? Just look up Kiara the Brave. You know how right after these movies there's always the Indian knockoff that, yeah. like, shows up, shows up on Netflix? Yeah, so now there's this one called Kiara the Brave, and it's even before the movie's out. You can get this at Redbox right now, and you know, (laughs) like Netflix or Redbox, Redbox. But like, they make their way onto netflix but you know they make these because they know someone's grandma or someone's dad like doesn't know the difference (laughs) and they're gonna buy it like it's a red heroin but oh my gosh we have to watch the trailer because it is the most ridiculous thing you have ever seen okay i'm gonna pull it up okay i'll give you average
2: rating (laughs) 1.0 okay can i just quote some of these reviews yes please do okay whites 5371 says okay one half star not even one star very dumb didn't hold my daughters Attention for five minutes, or mine for tat matter. I think she said that matter. Maple 8345 says, this movie is horrible. Stupid people making stupid movie. <laughs> Geekmo 44 says, this movie was as dumb as the day is long. It has nothing to do with Kiara the Brave. The story is ridiculous and should never have been given a PG rating. The animation is pathetic and is obviously meant for children under the age of six months. <laughs> Waste your time or money. So this is a film for for human beings who haven't really got the cognitive skills that they need to watch movie television yet.
1: Exactly. Okay, I want to play the trailer now.
2: Wow, you, you don't you don't see a lot of movies like this. Nine likes, 126 dislikes out of 2,000
1: views. It only happens on like Justin Bieber videos. Yeah. And... Oh, you are
2: smart to disable comments for this video.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Phase four films. <laughs> Okay, one, two, three, play. Praise the new king of
0: Dreazon, King Maximus. This crown should be mine. This throne should be mine. (laughs) Capture the king and let's take him to the netherworld!
1: what What? yes they're flying at the end
2: totally a knockoff of the of how brave looks on the
1: yeah like the only thing that this is a knockoff of is the name brave the title treatment looks exactly like the Brave titles, but uh, everything else, and she has red hair, and she wears a green dress. Other than that, like, why are they flying? I don't know. <laughs> she has magic powers? I feel bad for the person who falls for that and buys that for their oh. kid.
0: Oh, Brave's out on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my mom when she bought two episodes, the, the, the same VHS of Beauty and of the Beast and Christmas. <laughs> oh. Anyways, I wanted to share that.
1: Good times.
2: (laughs) Well, I I found someone on Redbox who actually gave it a three-star rating. Uh, Perfect Fit Nanny says, I felt deceived at first and disappointed because I thought it was the movie Brave. (laughs) (laughs) Told you. But it was good animation for the most part and a decent story. Lady, do you get out? (laughs) I would not hire her as a nanny. (laughs) Not for my kids.
0: Do you have all, all of your nannies? Will they have to have, like... Exquisite taste in movies.
2: He even (laughs) says I'm gonna have a nanny.
0: So okay, back to the real brave. What would
1: you rate it, Mason?
2: Man, I have to give Brave a four, like a four star rating. Uh I feel like you know apprehensive saying that because normally like a the Pixar film would get like a five star, like a four and a half star rating for me.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, I haven't. I've even made my response to all these negative reviews. Oh, okay. Yeah. Listen up, folks. To all the people who are saying that this isn't an original story. That you go over Disney where the princess formula first of all, the princess formula is you know, it's the formula. She falls in love, there's a love interest, and she goes through this thing and at first they don't get along and then she gets the guy in the end, right? Right. So how is brave the princess formula? just because it has a princess doesn't mean it's the Disney princess formula. As far as unoriginality, okay, I haven't really seen another fairy tale movie out there where, like, the mom turns into a bear (laughs) and there's no love interest in the end. Like, you don't see any of these, you know, mystical Celtic period pieces in animation. So, about the whole thing not being original, like, being as black and white as that is just a bunch of bunk. People need to knock it off. (laughs) Just because it's not the most original, like, premise, or the most original, like, world created by the Pixar studios, doesn't mean it's not an original movie. Granted, there are some elements that have been done before in other films, and they just so happen to, to be animated films, you know, typically Disney, but this film was still original, you know? Oh, and know. Uh, you, know, you talked about, you know, just because it's attached to the Pixar name, that people are giving it these lower reviews, just because it's not the typical Pixar movie. Well, it's like a darn if you do and darn if you don't
0: thing. Because <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> what's going to happen when Pixar comes out with its 30th film, and, and then there are And then there there arises a Pixar formula. Well, then everyone's going to downvote it because it's like, oh, it's the same stuff over and over. (laughs) so poor Brave Brave is such a brave film for coming out at this time you know of this meh time of ours (laughs) so basically my bottom line is that this is a 4 star rating the reason it didn't get 5 stars for me is because I didn't like the pacing of the movie towards the end I thought it could have been a little more climatic to me the film was amazing stunning visually and it had so much originality and so much heart that you don't see in other studios It, it has a lot of heart and it's original so I think people need to knock it off and people who keep pushing this it's not original or they're just trying to be like really highbrow and they're possibly hipsters so stay away from these.
1: I had given it four and a half stars. I have had time to think about it. I will see it again but upon thinking about it I will move it down to four stars. It's just a good solid four star film for me.
0: I voted it four and I'm keeping it four I liked it. I really really enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed every moment that I was in it. I laughed I didn't quite cry but I liked
1: it. <laughs> oh there was a moment where when when Merida sorry I'm interrupting you. Go ahead. But when Merida was running away and like she was crying, like I kind of got choked up then. Yeah. So I almost
0: cried because oh, yeah. I was like, oh, this is like really sad. Yeah. There was a lot of emotion in it, and they did a really good job with that. So I'm gonna leave it at a straight, solid four stars. I would recommend it to basically anybody. As Morgan said before, obviously the best animated movie of the year thus far. Yes.
2: Yeah, totally. Weren't they like Will Will Pixar's Brave topple Madagascar three?
0: Oh my gosh! Oh
1: my, <laughs> that's that's not even like a question.
2: <laughs> is the is the Pope mobile Catholic?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> so that's our review of Brave thanks everybody for joining us you can find us at therotoscopers.com that's where we post all the news in the animation world so keep yourself up to date you can also find us on twitter tumblr and facebook our art of brave contest is still going so you probably have it about another week by the time this episode's released so again you're interested in that do it if you're not and you have not done it yet then fine whatever
0: (laughs) so all right any last thoughts everybody we're glad that you guys came out to be able to listen to our full review of brave we want to invite you to all of our individual locations, you can find Morgan at Morgan Stradling at Twitter. You can also find me at Chelsea Robson at Twitter and Facebook.com/slash This is Chelsea Robson. You can also find our fabulous Mason at ThisAnimatedLife.blogspot.com.
1: Yes, and Mason, you just posted something awesome on your blog. You want to share?
2: Yeah, well, I just posted uh, kind of my my notes and my thoughts on uh, a really neat experience I had. I went down to Texas. I went to Texas State University, the library, and they had archives of production materials from all thir- you know all ten plus seasons of the King of the Hill cartoon, which is one of my favorite shows ever. And it was really fascinating. And you can read my thoughts on my my blog post that I have uh, on thisanimatedlife.blogspot.com.
0: Dang it, Bobby! <laughs> that
2: boy ain't right.
0: <laughs> Thanks for joining us, folks. Have a great day.
2: So until next time,
0: we, we are the
2: Rotoscopers. Rotoscopers. Feast your eyes. Hold on, I'm going to sit up straight. I want to sound like I'm lying down. All right, here we go. And I'm here with my lovely co-host, Morgan Burt.
1: Oh, it's straddling now
2: morgan morgan burt straddling i'm just
1: gonna be like this for your name wait, the whole i know time. i can't get chelsea's name right now no one can get my name i can't even get my name.
2: <laughs> thor was my first 3d movie out of the whoa did y'all hear that no i felt like this i heard this like freaky voice on my headphones anyway
1: playing mr sherman will be ty burrell wait which one's which? Mr. Sherman? Mr. Sherman's the dog and Peabody's the boy? Yeah. Are you sure? Wait, it's Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Yeah. I'm look at, I mixed this up with a stupid thing. I'm things.
2: pretty sure Mr. Peabody is the dog.
1: Isn't Merida ready to kind of just give in and say, okay, I'll I'll marry one of the things? One of the things?
2: One of the dudes?
1: <laughs> one of the, the brothers, or whatever they are. The, the suitors.
2: The suitor. That boy!
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I gotta sneeze.
2: Well, sneeze already.
1: I was looking at the light to make me sneeze, and it worked.
2: Oh, no. isn't that weird how that happens?
1: Really? It's weird. I you never knew that. Yeah. All right. Next time you sneeze, just stare at the sun. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes. The goggles do nothing. The goggles, they do nothing.
2: <laughs> Jeez, why? Why do they do? Um. Oh, what movie is this? The cucumbers do nothing. This is something we make up.
0: Oh, that's the Princess Diaries number one. Yeah. <laughs>
2: number one. Oh yeah, I forgot there's a oh, second yeah. one. Oh yeah, like number
0: one. <laughs> that's hilarious.
2: Even the Princess Diaries are not immune to sequels that make absolute no sense.
0: That one really made no sense.